Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. Well, hey, big hello to all the listeners out there and all the softball fans. Welcome to the Softball Zone Radio Show. And, uh, man, beautiful day today. Uh, how about you, Joe? What do you think of the weather today? You know, Joe might have stepped away for a second, Ricky. Uh, he's oh, that's... Another call. He, oh, he, that's awesome. No, he's, he, that's, he was on, and he and, I, he and I were talking, but he got another phone call, so he stepped oh, away for fun. a second. Maybe, maybe, it's like, maybe it's a big recruit he's going after and trying to get a hold of him. He don't want to miss that phone call. So, <laughs> now, now, I got, you know, uh, every week at the beginning of the show, you usually have a little bit to talk about, but uh, uh, my grandson has been bugging me now for probably the last three episodes in a row. He wanted to be part of this show somehow. So I told him and said, we worked on a little thing. I don't know if it's going to work or not, but he's been really talking about wanting to do something. And uh, Chance, wh- what did you want to, you said you wanted to build, what did you want to build? A man cave, because, man cave's awesome, because if you have no one, like, just put the wings in there and some arcade games, and you got yourself a man cave, put that in there, <laughs> you got a man cave right there. Well, why do you, why, why do you want to have a man cave for? So that ain't what you told me. You told me you want to be man, have a man cave because you was a man. That's what you told me. <laughs> well, he told me he said he said he wanted a man cave because he's a man. <laughs> well, okay, all right. Well, honey, there you go. Now you got to do. Oh, you want to watch? Okay. You're... All right, well, we're going to do one of the episodes. I'm going to be like Rush Limbaugh. I'm going to have my own little sidekick. <laughs> I, I thought that's what I was, Ricky. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, but I, I tell you, everybody, you know, we were talking earlier before the show on the chat board about, you know, I put messages out on uh, different forums and chat boards and uh, stuff like that. Uh, I really actually was this funny. Today, I spent an hour and 15 minutes going out and slamming everything I knew or anything I have, anything I could use to promote the show tonight. I could see that I may get a failed. <laughs> I'm like, I figured for, I, I would get like at least, I was very, hoping the chat board would be completely full when we started the show tonight uh, since I spent all that time doing that. But, the thing is about it, it's not something you can just do once and expect results. You have to do it like weekly and be doing it week after week after week. And then, then you know, that it takes a lot of times, like people watch, uh, listen to the show on podcasts. Um, I got a message from somebody that um, they were from Arizona and they were telling me they didn't, weren't even aware that you could listen to a podcast. They thought you had to listen to the show live because. Every time I put anything out there, I'm always talking about the live show on Tuesday night. 
I never really say much about uh, podcasts. So that's kind of one of the reasons I've, you know, kind of started adding that into the show um, in the evening uh, when we're actually doing the show, talking about the podcast so people can listen to podcasts at a later date. So how, how's your week been, Jeff? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Nothing nothing too exciting. I had uh interesting, uh, I think I mentioned on, a, on an earlier show that my uh, – you know, my son is going to be coaching my my grandson's t-ball team. There, he's five years old in that, and I was going to be helping him in that. So, mm-hmm. I missed the first practice last Thursday. I was out of town, but on Friday, I went I went to practice. And so, you know, there's 13 uh, five-year-olds. I guess a few of the kids were six, maybe, and a few of them were as young as four. And uh, that was quite an experience, Ricky. That was. <laughs> <laughs> they were running all kinds of different directions. There was uh, another another one of the dads was helping us out a little bit. We we tried to break them up into groups, and my uh, my son put my grandson in my group. And um, let's just say he has a very 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 short attention span. Um, even for grandpa, he uh, he wasn't listening to me. He was. You know, he was uh, digging up grass and sand. He was pouring sand, you know, dirt down the uh, down the down the tee, and then we had to dump it out so we could move the tee up and down. And <laughs> it was uh, I haven't coached at that age for gosh 20 years uh, since my daughter, I guess, was that age. It was the last time I coached that age. So I had gone back and you know with her and we started coaching like 11, 12 year olds. But uh, five year olds is a whole different animal. So um, the next practice is tomorrow. So I'm gonna maybe, maybe take some medication or something before I do it this time. <laughs> yeah, I mean that sometimes I always crack up when I hear people talking about the younger kids. Uh, like if you go watch like the younger kids play like in a tournament setting and just how crazy it can get. I mean, I, I remember myself personally when my kids were young. I mean, my main thing, my main duty as a parent was to make sure they weren't chasing bugs or uh, looking for butterflies or talking to some uh, uh, alien that didn't even exist because my kids had great imaginations. I have no idea where they got it at, but they had great <laughs> imaginations. So I can remember one time even that we actually had to go to school and have a talk with the school because my son came home one day and told us that he was talking to this guy that and he was his name was Johnny Appleseed and he was at the edge of the woods at the school and he would talk to him about planting trees and and stuff like that and so we become concerned of course and we went to the school and talked to him they said yeah we're going to keep a real close eye on that and sure enough, he would walk over by the edge. There wouldn't be nobody there, and he'd just be talking up a storm. <laughs> so, okay, hang on a second. Now, my little sidekick said he wanted to say something funny. And I you say this, you're, no, you can't have the headset. You can't have it. You, you look, the last time I lost the headset, I never got it back. I'll, I'll be darned if I'm going to give them to you because I'll never get them back. So, <laughs> what do you want to say? Go ahead and say something. You want my guys back for mercy. Okay, that's it. You're out of here. You're out of here. Get out of the showroom. You're done. That's hey, your 15 minutes, 15 minutes of fame. So, <laughs> Joe made her back, I see. He said, hi. Joe said, hi. 
Your hey, season's Rick. over now, right? Yep, yep, we're done. We finished up this weekend, so, yep, now that the weather's nice, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Always makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> now, oh, Jay, you know, you got the season, so your season's over now. Now, I mean, me personally, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know, I'm sure you would have liked to have had a better season, but. When your season's done and, like, you're done for the year as far as playing and stuff, do you spend any time sitting down and talking with the girls about the what's happened the past season and or anything, or they pretty much already been talked to death already? No, we uh, we uh, we talked. Uh, we had individual meetings with eight of them today and eight of them yesterday, so we got them all done today and yesterday. Um, you know, we, we talk individually at the end of the season. We don't. We don't really get the that we don't get them together for a team talk at the end of the season. Plus, it's hard because they're right. Well, they're now they're toward the end of it, but you know, as of Sunday, they're right in the middle of finals, so we don't want to take too much of their time. And uh, tomorrow morning, it, finals are over, so we have several of our girls who will be leaving town tomorrow. You know, at around lunchtime or so, and 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 most of, almost all of them will be gone by the end of the week. So now, I mean, personally, I mean, if I was a coach. In your situation, I think that would be a hard talk to have with my girls at the end of the year, uh, because you know you have some tough discussions you have to go through with some of your players, and most of the players that you have to sit down and have tough discussions with, do they seem like? Um, I'll just say how I say this: Do they seem accept acceptable to that conversation? I guess. Yeah, it, it depends. I mean, this year we were fortunate. Um, we didn't really have what I would consider any tough discussions this year. Um, you know, in most years, you have anywhere from one to four or whatever, but uh, we didn't have any this year. I mean, it's uh, the, the girls who didn't have such a great year, they already know that. So, I mean, it's not like you have to tell them, hey, you gotta, you got to start hitting or fielding or pitching better if you want to play. I mean, they already know that. That's obvious. So, um I guess the tough discussions would be if uh, uh, we don't do this, but I guess if you were going to reduce somebody's scholarship, that would be a tough discussion. Or if you knew a girl just simply had no chance at all of getting much playing time the following year, that would be tough. Or I guess certainly if you were going to boot a girl off the team, that would be tough. But, uh, you know, that's just we, we haven't done any of those things. And, we really don't have a single girl on the team who's just simply out of the running for playing time because we don't keep that big of a roster. So our, you know, all in all, our discussions were were not that difficult. Yeah, I, 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 go ahead. Yeah, probably, probably. I mean, I would guess a lot of years you probably have discussions with girls maybe where they think they should be be playing more than uh, than they are. Yeah, 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 that happens all the time, and uh, we had 16 people on the team, and you had maybe 11, you know, that got, you know, a lot of playing time, and, and then a couple more that got, you know, a pretty decent amount, and then a few, not so much, but, um, and, you know, of course, they want to be in the lineup all the time and all that, but it, it uh, each, I think, each, and we talked to them about that, but each of them could see, you know, why why maybe they weren't, and, you know, the tough thing is, you know, every player um, who's not in the lineup regularly? Every every one of those players believes that if if I am in the lineup regularly, I'll perform. But it, you know, it's hard to perform when you get one start every eight to ten games or a pinch hit appearance here and there. 
you know, and they all believe, just put me in there, you can give me those regular at-bats, and I'll perform, and, and I get that, and, you know, like I tell each of them, I, you know, I can't give 16, I can't put 16 names in the lineup, so, you know, when you do get this in the fall, in the winter, and, you know, in our inner squads, our fall games, and when you do get a start here and there, you need to show us that you should be in the lineup, and it, you know, that can't be a, a one for three today and a one for four tomorrow. I mean, you you, you need to take a few games and, and, you know, go two for three, go three for four. You, know, you need to show us you should be in there. And, and every single girl in our lineup at some point in her career has had, whether in the fall or even in the winter indoors or in the spring, they've had some run where, oh, okay, well, we got to have this girl in the lineup. And, and everybody has to do that. And we've had one come in who I knew – from day even as we were recruiting or was going to be in the lineup it was obvious and and that's our number three hitter so everybody else at some point turned their way into the lineup and it's hard to do it's a lot of pressure i mean it's a ton of pressure but either it doesn't matter what you do you can only put nine people down or or ten so so there's going to be nine or ten in the lineup no matter what a coach says or does right yeah i mean you know i don't know i don't know with you, Joe, but I know that, you know, when I talk to different Division One college coaches and stuff or that have players actually going to their school through me, they would always tell me, hey, you know, the, the one thing they want to know is, you know, will this girl be able to handle the no-playing-time discussion because it's going to come up, yeah. you know, especially your first trip, you know, your first year. Uh I mean, unless you're just a super stud, you know, you're you're most likely not going to find yourself doing a lot of playing. And uh, that was seen to be, yeah, it might not be quite as much now, but I know back when I was still coaching, that, I actually got asked that a lot. If I take her on, Rick, will she be okay when I tell her, hey, you know, you might not get to play at all next year. Very little playing yeah. time. Uh, you know, what what is this girl going to do? So... Now I, I imagine you probably don't run into that type of discussion much, do you? Really, or I could. I mean, I, I, I mean that's actually a question I should probably ask more travel coaches. But the thing is, every girl we recruit is getting you know getting almost full playing time for their travel and high school teams. So those coaches might not know because they've never been in that position with that girl. Um, so it, it, it's, a, it's a question that a lot of travel coaches can't answer. They just haven't had to deal with it with that girl, and um, so you don't know that you don't know what a girl, how a girl is going to react if all of a sudden, hey, well, you know, we want you, we want you, we're going to sign you. Now you're on the bench. So, I mean, that, that's tough. And, and uh, you know, is a girl going to okay? I'm going to work harder. I'm going to show them I need to be in the lineup. Or, well, the coach doesn't have any confidence in me. The coach thinks I'm not good enough, and I guess I'm not. And Therefore, I'm just going to kind of slide along here, and I'll see if I'm in the lineup my sophomore year. Then if I'm not, I'm done at the end of my sophomore year. And that's, that, that happens a lot. <laughs> if a girl's not playing by the end of her sophomore year, boom, I'm out of here. And uh, that, guys are different. Uh, that's why you see so, so few seniors on college softball rosters because m- most girls will just simply not put up with uh, extended bench setting and, and do the things that they need to do to get off the bench. I mean, they just – it's just a fact that when I've been coaching college now seven years, I've some girls will and some won't. Um, and uh, no matter how many pep talks you give them or motivational talks, um, 
you know, it, it, some of them just won't do it because they've been handed a starting spot their entire lives and they're entitled to it. And, you know, I say all this, you might think I had some bad meetings today, but there weren't any. You know, all of our meetings went fine this year, which doesn't always happen. And, and uh, those type of talks did seem to go well. I mean, I flat out told one girl today, if you would have been working harder on defense at your particular position you know, during the year and before the season started um, and during the season, you probably would have seen more playing time. But we were a little afraid to put you out there on defense, and, and she knows what her problems are at this position. There was no disagreement there. But I said, you know, yes, academics are first, but you need to put some work in. And had you put that work in, you probably would have gotten more playing time. So yeah, th- those are th- those type of talks are a little tough. Yeah, actually, one of the things we are going to be talking about is uh, tree from recruiting. Now, a lot of people probably have seen that on this, um, the softball zone or seen it on any other site today. Probably thought we were going to be talking about college coaches recruiting. In actuality, what we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about what, and, and this is one of the things that I always thought, Joe, when I was coaching, and it's probably not true today because I know it's so much different today than what it was when I was coaching, was, the, the fact that hardly any travel coaches I knew really, you know, that I was around, even had any type of relationship at all with any college coach. You know, they they couldn't even tell you who was the coach at the Bob, who coached the Bobcats, who was at Marietta. Uh, I, I'll have to say one thing. Almost everybody knew who Donna Newberry was, though. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, but, but you know, who, who coached at Rice State. Um, who was a Jessup? I mean, if you would go through, then you know, all, I don't know who is the coach there. Well, you know, them are the kind of things I always think as a travel coach myself. Now, maybe I might be too much old school because I, you know, and I know nowadays it seems like to me and, and Joe, maybe I, and I want you to help me on this. Does it seem like there's more now where it's more up to the girls to really do the groundwork instead of the where the travel coach would like, you might have a list of travel coaches, you know. And, you know, if Jeff Baker calls, you say, dude, I, I got a girl that would be a perfect fit for your program. She's fast. You know, she just, it's like, you know, it's like a super girl here. You know, he's going to send you, right? And, you know, you can rely on Jeff. And when he tells you something, um, I, is there still a lot of that going on? Or is it more, is it more heavily weighted on the responsibility of the, the kids and the parents now, would you think? Yeah, well, yeah, it's heavily weighted on the on the girls and, and maybe their parents, but I think it's just a matter with, you know, with in the last 15 years with, you know, the email and all that and coming on that, that it's it's easier now for the girls to do than ever before. I mean, before it might have been letter, phone call, you know, now with email and whatnot, it's just so much easier. So I'm not – actually, I think the travel coaches – are probably more also more involved now maybe than they, than they once were. It, just everybody's involved more. It, it's just a, a lot more involved process for everybody. It's it's easier, but uh, um, so I don't think it's a matter of the travel or high school coaches not doing as much now as they did. It's just that the families are much more involved because it's just so much easier to be involved. And since it is easier to be involved, the college coaches. I mean, we expect the girls you know, to be the most active participant in their recruiting. I mean, I know it's hard, but you know, that's who we're going to deal with. And, you know, if we're only dealing with the travel coach or only dealing with a parent, that, that just doesn't work. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's – and then with the travel coaches, yes, you know, some do get real involved and some get 
you know, zero involved. And, and they, I think they do need to, you know, get involved and, and take an active role. You know, I, I, I don't like if they're pushing girls, you know, to their preferred schools. I mean, I, I say I would say we notice that, but I can't speak for all college coaches. I know I do. And, you know, there are a couple travel teams that I won't mention in either Michigan or Ohio that, you know, well, am I really going to go watch this team because I know what type of school or what schools they're going to push their girls towards. So, so if there's a choice, you know, I may skip that team. But uh, um, so no, I mean, I think uh, by and large, the travel coaches do a pretty good job. Right. I mean, now, that, that, was my, that was my sense that um, you know I, I see and I hear about more travel programs that have what do they call them recruiting coordinators or things like that. I was kind of curious though, Joe. Um, when you talk about, you know, obviously without getting into any details or whatever, are there are there some programs that'll try to just push all their girls to D one schools, or or are they is it more that they're pushing them to schools where they have strong relationships with the coaches? Um, a little of both, but I, I would say the D one thing's more prevalent, um, and, and yeah, that's a minority. And it, there, it might even be teams within a program that do that as opposed to an entire organization. You know, we got one here in Michigan that we don't even bother with because, I mean, they, they can generally get all their girls to a D1, but, you know, you, I quickly found out in my time here that that we might make a girl a, a really good offer and, uh, it's, you know, two hours or whatever from her home, but we'll lose out to a D1, you know, uh, eight hour, five hours away on a plane flight with three connections. Yeah, because it, out in the middle of nowhere, because it is D one. So, um, so yeah, that and I think in some instances it's just uh, the that teams or that coach's ego getting involved. Well, we have everybody going D one, you know. There, so and, and that you know, I mean, we at least I, you know, I remember that. So you know, next time you you don't have a D one player, well, I guess no, we can't. I guess we can't get this girl to D one. Let me call Joe. Oh, okay. Well, sorry. You know, go go find you know somewhere else for. Um, so yeah, that that uh, we take note of that stuff, and it, it happens, and I'm sure it happens D two D three. We've been at tournaments when I say we, my assistant coach and I, and uh, we'll be talking to a travel coach or that recruiting liaison, and just to throw out a name, here comes uh, you know I don't know, here comes uh, Western Kentucky to throw out a D one school. You know, here comes their coach, and boom, off goes off goes the travel coach or liaison to go talk to the D1 coach, which is, is just pathetic. I mean, come on, you know. Or it would be equally pathetic if they leave a D3 coach and come talk to us, a D2 coach. I mean, good grief. I mean, that, that's just a bad sign in my eyes. I mean, we might be, or that D3 school might very well be the best option for a particular girl, and we might be who this, the girl that we're talking about is the most interested in. So, you know, make it about the girl, not about the coach's ego. I said, I, I, what we would do, what I did, I should say, is when I knew a player was already wanting to go to a certain school, and once I knew what school they wanted to go to, that's when I would actually make contact with the coach, okay, and let them know, hey, you know, um, uh, Allie Henderson is one to come here. She's played on our travel program for years. Uh, very reliable, dependable player, you know, and get the ball and the juices rolling. And uh, then basically, you know, do whatever the coach kind of would ask us to do to try to help 
the coach out. And, uh, you know, that usually seemed to work best for me once I knew where the kid wanted to go, then I could actually try to help him. But, you know, I, I will be honest with you, I wouldn't help somebody um, if I knew they were reaching for something that they couldn't reach. You know, and then I would try to ground them, try to say, hey, look, you know, <laughs> uh, if you really want to go to that school, let's go get an education. Don't worry about sports because mm-hmm. there's no, there's nothing for you at the end of playing softball. There ain't nothing. There's nothing there. So your education is a lot more important. So if you want to go to that school, the chances of you playing there are very slim, but you might want to try as a walk-on and see what happens, you know, if you're really that committed to want to try. But, you know, so I, I think you, I, I kind of understand what you're saying there, Joe, about, you know, running off to the, you know, uh, oh, yeah, I was with the D1 coach, and we were talking about this and that, and you, know, you got a D2 coach you could do all kinds of stuff there for the kids that you work with and help a lot of your, um, you know, strong players that might be lacking just a little speed at D1. Um, what do you think the big difference is, Joe, between – uh, say girls that play for you in D1, speed I know probably has to be one, ain't it? Um, yeah, I mean, no, I, I wouldn't say individually, maybe team-wise. I mean, um, o- overall team speed at the D1s certainly is better. And um, the other thing I see, it's a little bit of everything, really, but um, it, it uh, when I watch, say, a MAC-level game or we play a MAC team, say, in the fall, um, in addition to just the team as a whole being a little more powerful, a little faster, better, certainly better arms, the one thing a lot of our D2 players don't have that the D1s do, our, a lot of our D2 players have a hole in their game somewhere. They might be good hitters but kind of weak defensively or vice versa um, as to where the D1 players, generally speaking, are more well-rounded. Um, that, that, that's, what, that's one big thing I see. Uh, you know, like when we played Bowling Green, we played them in a doubleheader this fall. And just watching them take front toss, you can see, I mean, we played them close, two good close games, but them taking front toss and us is just two different, you know, you, you can, you don't need to have the uniforms on to be able to tell who's the D1 and D2 team. So, yeah, it's just a little bit of everything, arm strength, power, speed, they're just, they're just a little better in all those categories. And, and similarly, D2 to D3, I can watch a D3 team and just, you know, most of the time, just even a really good D3 team and oh, yeah, well, we're quicker than them, we're stronger, we hit the ball further. You know, maybe not much, but just that when it's a little bit and you multiply that times a roster of 16 or 20 players, that adds up. And uh, that that talent difference, you know, times 16 or 20, is just really hard to overcome over the course of a full game. Right. We can notice uh, probably a size difference, too, uh, generally speaking. Oh, yeah, definitely. And yeah, that varies by team. You know, my team just happens to be really small. So when we go up against the D1, you know, we, when we go up against the D2, we look ridiculously small. But So you can imagine a D1. But, yeah, generally, I mean, the, the D1 players, I mean, we're all on lifting programs. But I think theirs is just a little bit more intense. I mean, you can see the muscle definition in their legs. And, you know, I mean, it, you, you can just see it. And, uh, you know, like a lot of the D1 coaches will tell you, when, you know, when you get to my school – I basically own you, and you're going to be where I tell you to be. And you know, that might be in the weight room, I don't know, six days a week or whatever, and it's not quite as intense at our level and probably even less so at D3. 
I mean, if you, I, you know, I've spent a lot of time around D3 and that, and, you know, very common in D3 to, to see a catcher that's about, you know, about 5'2", five 5'3", five uh, you know, small girl, uh, you know, very good skills, but just just small and maybe not a real good hitter or that. But, you know, from the, the D1 schools I see play, I mean, they their, their catchers are usually, I know there's exceptions, but uh, they're usually much bigger girls. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like a lot of the Division One coaches, you know, very specifically look for the bigger girls, a catcher, well, pitcher, most positions, pitcher. But certainly catcher, pitcher. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I tell you what, I actually had, I actually spent about an hour with somebody that had never watched girls softball, and we was watching, I want to say we was watching Tennessee play um, Kentucky. I think, if I'm not mistaken, that was the game. It was just like the other, just like yesterday or the day before, and we was watching. I think it might have been actually Sunday night, but we was watching the game, and he's like, he like something I don't understand. I mean, he didn't even know how girl softball was played. So you know, I wanted to educate him to the game, and actually, when the whole time during I was doing it, I was just wondering if I educated him properly about the game, what he would think about the game. And, you know, we was talking about, you know, the game and how they throw underarm and, you know, about the, the pitchers and the catchers and the different plays and and the stuff about the hitting, like, you know, when the team's in certain situations and stuff. And actually it was funny because after we were done, he said, wow, this is pretty cool. I almost like this more than baseball. So then it's funny because he called me today and he said, you know what, dude, I, I tell you what, I'm going to be honest with you. I think I like softball more than baseball. He said, it's a quicker paced game. They don't take as long to play it. And he said, man, them girls know how to play. Man, he said, <laughs> he said, I've watched, he said he watched three games since we had, you know, sat down and, together and watched the game. And I was actually surprised. He said he really liked it, but, and the thing he was surprised is that how aggressive some of the bigger girls were. He thought that was pretty amazing that they could be that fast and that big because you usually relate bigger girls with slower, you know, not uh, being really fast, be a little bit more slower and agile. But uh, that, I, I thought that was kind of cool. It, uh, I mean, I love baseball, but, man, it's, you know, if I go out and watch a Hillsdale College baseball game, which I sometimes do, you know, I enjoy it because I know the guys and all that, but, you know, otherwise it gets tough to watch. I mean, foul ball, then you got to wait a whole minute for the next pitch, and in between innings takes forever. It, it, it's tough to watch. It, you know, our, game is a, our game, I think, is definitely a better spectator game, especially for people who aren't uh, baseball purists, you know, who like to just take a Sunday afternoon and spend three and a half hours at a baseball game. Our, our game is by far a better spectator sport. Uh, there's no doubt about it. He, he oh, no. Ricky, you know, Ricky and I both had uh, daughters that that played, and I, I assume you know probably a lot of the a lot of the people that are coaching you know fast pitch these days, you know they 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 you know especially as guys, you know we 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 got involved because our our daughters played, and you know in my case I had three older sons that played baseball first, so um, I kind of you know had to go that direction, but. I know you don't have any daughters or anything. How, how did you first get involved in, uh, in coaching fast pitch? Um, gosh, I was married at the time. It's like 1996, I think. 
and uh, my ex-wife and I were coaching basketball, um, junior okay. high basketball, and at the end of a game, the coach on the other team came up to us and uh, said something like, hey, I like the way you guys coach. And it, it was the end of the basketball season, so it was February or something like that. And uh, he said, um, are either one of you uh, baseball, softball people? Because we have a uh, 14 and under in, in Worthington, suburb of Columbus, uh, 14 and under Worthington youth booster, you know, kind of local tra- house travel team um, that needs a coach. And it just so happened I happened to be free that summer because – I uh, had taken the bar exam in February, didn't get to my results until like July, so you know I was kind of in limbo there. And uh, I said, yeah, I'm, you know, I played, been playing baseball, softball my life. At the time, I was still playing adult baseball, and so I agreed to do it and coached Worthington Youth Booster. And the I don't, I don't know if they still have it in Columbus. They have what they called the I-270 or the GCGC. It was called. But anyway, you know, like Worthington would play Upper Arlington or Hilliard or whoever else, and uh, did that that summer, and that eventually led to the Buckeye Heat, and you know, here I am now. So, hmm. was that Jay Franciscus? Was he was he involved with that GC? GC yeah, or was right. he? Yeah, he ran it. Him and I think his wife. I forgot about that. He had Joe yeah, Francisco, I, that coach. Of, I think is still the coach at Westerville North, or is he? I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, he he ran it. Yeah, he actually got a hold of me. And said, could you bring a team up to play on the weekends and indoor? I'm like, what? He's like, could you bring a team up to play indoors? I'm like, well, I might be able to find five or six girls that are that goofy to do it, but I don't know. So I don't know about a team, but he said, well, we're going to do an indoor league and try to put together an indoor league. So uh, we went up there and uh, and did that with him. Heck, I think we did that. We had a blast doing that, you know, and uh, I think we did that for. You know, I want to say it was four, maybe five years, something like yeah, that up there. Yeah, he had that, I forget the name of the place, at a, like a soccer-type place in Upper Arlington. He had the indoor league, a lot of teams, high schools played there. And uh, he, uh, Joe Francisco, I mean, you'd have to be a real old-timer. I wasn't even around for this. Back in the, I want to say 80s, maybe mid to late 80s, early 90s, somewhere around that time, you know, he coached uh, ASA travel teams and took them to ASA nationals. I mean, this is, you know, back in the day right? You know, with uh, people, I'm trying to remember the names, you know, who went on to become big-time college pitchers. This is before the Lasers and everybody else. And I, I can't remember the name of his team, like the Jets or something like that. But, I mean, he, he, was, uh, he was around at the start uh, of travel ball. So, he, you know, he could tell some stories. And I think, I assume, he's in the high school coaches hall of fame i'm sure he is i mean i don't know that for sure but he's got to be um, he would yeah, definitely he think he would be yeah he's got to be and he's a real nice guy and absolutely one of the pioneers of ohio travel softball oh I, there's no doubt i agree with you i mean actually what turned out to be really nice was we could actually get some real good pitching battles and hitting battles uh by getting the teams right you know we could really mix it up and it was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, I I can't remember if Katie Chain ever played in that or not. I'm not 100% sure. I think she played during the tournament, but I'm not 100% sure. I think she played in the tournament one time when they had a tournament down there because I know Enix uh, was playing in, um, gosh, I can't remember what Kate's last name, Lillian? No, that's not right. Kate, uh, 
Leary? Was she, yeah, Kate Leary from Pickering. Yes. Yeah. yeah, she was one of the uh, – a, a real stud pitcher. And uh, I think, if I remember right, Enix's was like my daughter's nemesis because they were both catchers. <laughs> if, if I, was that her name, Enix? Wasn't she the, yeah. real good, the other real good catcher? Yeah, yeah Carrie Enix. She went on to play at Kent State and now is the head coach at Pickerington Central. Yeah, she, and uh, I know that uh, – I, I remember that um, some of their duels were funny because they loved to try to pick each other off. And it was funny because they would they they would just like both of them would just give it up. I mean, it's just like the pressure of knowing that another catcher was tempting fate with you, and you're a catcher, right? And um, I used to always like to watch some little duels going on. That it kind of like the inner game duel. Now that that was just basically indoor, but it was kind of fun, you know. Uh, I remember one time me and Joe was sitting up there, and uh, He's like, I, I don't know. I think them two girls don't like each other. <laughs> like, you know, they really do have a good battle going on. I think that I think that Candace is like, oh, is like two and zero, oh, and I think Enix is like two and zero. Oh, so, you know, nobody's going anywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, Carrie uh, uh, had, uh, my gosh, she had about one of the best arms I've seen. I mean, she had just a cannon. Uh, I don't know how hard she threw the ball, but it was at least well into the 60s, if not approaching 70. She just had a cannon. Right. Yeah, she could actually. Yeah, she actually could almost come up and throw to like where my daughter didn't have the strongest arm. She couldn't come back up. She had to actually throw sidearm without you know. She basically had to throw the ball uh, between. She would actually try to get back up and throw the second. She wasn't going to usually get you. So. Uh, yeah, the, you're right. She had a, a cannon on her, that's for sure. So, but yeah, I didn't realize that. That uh, uh, I never knew if you knew Joe uh, or not. I knew that's why I wanted to mention his name because I know way back when, you know, we were, you know, anytime he wanted to put something together, I was like, yeah, we'll go for it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah he's a great guy. <laughs> I get to see him a couple times every year. So, yeah. Hey, speak, speaking of great guys, Joe, I was. Uh... I was looking at some of the college websites today. One of the schools that I looked at was uh, was Finley. That was ended up, that was my daughter's second choice, and I know I think three girls that are on the team there. And I saw Coach Ammons is retiring. Yeah, you know, got they were in our conference tournament over the weekend, so they did a nice little you know introduction of him when we introduced the all league teams and all that, and uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the conference tournaments at Finley, so that was neat. And yeah, I mean, uh, Ron. You know, of all the college coaches out there, he's about my favorite. I mean, uh, how can you not like it? If anybody out there knows Ron Ammons, you know what I'm talking about. He's about the nicest guy in the world. Um, so, yeah, he uh, you know, decided to retire. He's been there, I think, 15 years. And, uh, you know, I didn't know he was quite ready to retire, but obviously he is. And he'll be missed. I mean, he uh, you know, did a lot for the league. And, and I have some of my ex-players who played for him, some of my ex-travel players who played for him. And, you know, I consider him a good friend, so we're going to miss him in the league. I'm sure he'll still be around, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. Just to, Not to call everybody a great guy, but he definitely is. Yeah. And we had uh, one question from uh, online here uh, from Supertech. He said, uh, you know, what's the most important attribute that a girl can have to get your attention? 
<laughs> like a high ACT score. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally true. I mean, that's the first thing that gets my attention. But uh, yeah. Um, but I mean, pl- uh, playing wise, I mean, it depends what position she is. But uh, oh, I mean, a pitcher. You know, I mean, it's kind of obvious stuff, really. I mean, a pitcher throwing sixty-four miles an hour just got my attention. Yeah, a position mm-hmm. player. You know, if she can launch the ball 270 feet, you know, or if she's got 2.6 speed, I mean, it's just the obvious things, uh, power, speed, you know, that type of stuff, uh, or just all-around hitting ability. I mean, that that immediately gets our attention, you know, or somebody who's just really, really athletic, you know, can make great defensive plays, good arm, so any of those things. Um, but mo- most of those girls, a lot of them at least, end up going D1, you know, so we, I think in some ways, we have to be work a little harder. The lower the level, you got to work a little harder because you have to differentiate between the girls who maybe don't have the five tools, you know, or like I said earlier, maybe there's some hole in their game somewhere, or they, you know, they don't have this unbelievable power, and we have to figure out which ones are going to succeed at our level. That, that's hard mm-hmm. to do. And another question here is uh, somebody says we have a young lady who is fast, loves to run track, and loves softball too. Excels great at both. Does running track make you not want to look at her? Um, no. I mean, well, I guess the next question for me would be, is she playing travel ball? And then if she's mm-hmm. not, in other words, I play high school softball, I run high school track, I don't play travel travel ball, that's somebody I'm probably never even going to find out about in the first place. So, um, I mean, if she's playing travel softball, then, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm okay with that. I mean, but they can't really get it in their head that they're going to run track in college. It just, it doesn't work. So, so right. as long as that's not in their head. It's almost, gosh, it's it. almost impossible. To, it's almost impossible to do that in high school, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I track and softball season are at the same time. We had, the one year I coached, we had one of the girls, she was committed first to, to softball, but she was, uh, uh, she was uh, shot in discus, I think, for for, uh, for the track team. And, and if we didn't have a game, the coach gave her approval to, you know, if they had a meet and we didn't have a game, we better do that. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, but, you know, I think generally speaking, I mean, I, from what I know of coaches, they don't mind it off if kids play other sports as long as, you know, they just have, a, have to have a chance to see them in action. And then usually that's going to come in travel, travel ball anyhow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, everything else being equal, you know, I prefer they play other sports because it just makes them more athletic, I mean, more more sports in high school, not necessarily in college, but makes them more athletic, uh, less injury prone. You know, they've they've used more of their, you know, more of their body, more of their muscles. You know, so everything else being equal, I'd prefer the girl that's playing softball, volleyball, basketball, or you know, whatever other sport. If, so if, if, do you think there are some coaches out there, some college coaches that would frown on girls that are that are doing track instead of softball in high school? Um, maybe. I mean, that would it, that would worry me. I mean, you know, you always get the thing, well, my high school is no good or my high school coach, you know, isn't any good. And in some cases that may very well be true. But having said that, you know, that, that would worry me because <laughs> – in other words, is this, am I going to get you here to my school? And the first time something goes wrong, you know, you're you're done. So, so that that mm-hmm. would be a little bit of a red flag. Yeah, we've had discussions in the past about, you know, the girls that don't play softball at all because of the, 
because of quote the coach or the politics or or whatever it is, and they don't uh, and they and they don't do any other sport either. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess I it seems like I could if the girl was really an outstanding track athlete and you know especially if she was fast and she was doing that in high school, um, but playing you know this particular girl he's they're saying uh, that she does play high end uh, travel travel ball. Then I don't think that would. It seems like that wouldn't really worry you, especially if she's got the speed and the and the and the ability to to, to play at that level. Yeah, it's uh, you just you don't know on a case by case basis. Take a girl who, okay, I'm not going to play high school softball, you know, whether it's the team or the coach or whatever. Um, but you know, I play on a high level travel team, and I, you know, I've never I play travel every summer. I'm playing even fall tournaments. Well, okay, obviously the girl wants to play softball. Um, so in, in some cases it might be that she should be playing high school and she should suck it up and do it. Or, or in other cases it might be, yeah, I mean, no, no rational person would be playing for this high school coach. I, but, yeah, that, that's the exception. So when they're not playing high school, um, you know, it's like, well, I mean, obviously you don't get along with that coach. How do you know, how you know you're going to get along with me, especially if you're sitting bench? So, that, I mean, that's a red flag. But, again, I mean, there are situations where I'm sure it's probably warranted. I mean, I hate to, you know, prep somebody just to, you know, to, you know, to keep a college coach, uh, you know, lie to them. But I mean, if you're, if you're not playing softball, you probably should have a good. You know, in high school, you probably should have a good reason uh, why you're not, and it should not be, you know, I don't like the coach. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, as soon as we hear that, the first, what's going through our heads is, well, whom? How do you? I'm probably. I'm probably going to be mentally tougher on you than your high school coach. So how are you going to get along with me? You know, and or if the, you know, the team's not good enough, well, okay. I mean, I mean, it's your high school team. Maybe you go to a small school that just happens to not be very good at softball. I mean, what the heck? Why don't you get out there and help your your classmates instead of not playing? You know? Right. Um, so there's yeah, there's not many good reasons. I mean. If you maybe you do have a coach that's just nuts, and but you know if, if that's the case, well there are some people playing, you know, so there's, I, I can't think of too many good reasons not to play. Right. But I, th- I think if again if they were a really outstanding track athlete, I, you know if they were a, you know an all state kind of a track athlete, I, I think that would be that would be just fine. Um, you know, again, as long as they're playing travel softball and that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And as long as, you know, then I guess it could be a flag if if, uh, if they're going to, you know, try to do both in college. That would be a maybe a watch out. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Right. So. Any other questions out there for, for Joe while we're talking about recruiting or we can move on to talk about some other things? No, I mean, I really, you know, I I really was kind of like looking more like at the approach, uh, you know, as far as travel coaches, what they should be doing or what they shouldn't be doing. And I did have one question, and I was never big on this, uh, even though we made them up and set them out. But how often, Joe, do you actually ever go over to a table and pick up a a booklet that the players put on a table. How often do you ever go pick them up? Uh, I do that. Um, or you know, if it's a player who who I don't know about and I happen to see, you know, I'll, I'll maybe go do it. Um, 
or it's a player I do know about and I don't have her profile yet, maybe it's not on the fence or something like that. Um, or I might just be randomly looking and, oh, let's see, this girl's got a 31 ACT and so on, and you know, maybe I'll pick one up and maybe make a note to watch her even if I haven't heard from her. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll do it. Now, I mean, uh, mo- most of them on the table I'm not picking up. You know, I'm not just going over, the ra- over there randomly picking up player profiles, and there's always some reason for it, but, you know, I'll at least do it. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's good to have them, and definitely good to have them and have them available. Right. Now, when you actually look at them and you see them, is there is there anything like, let, let's say, like, if a player was, like, um, you know, it's, it's hit, like, 23 home runs in high school, would you think that would be something she might want to put on the very front of, you know, her profile thing? Uh, 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 check out Shelby's profile, you know, how many home runs she's hit. Or should you put anything on the front that might make you actually take one and you might not touch? Yeah, no, something like that would be good. Um, it, it, uh, but, you know, if it's, it, it better be something that checks out. You know, if you put on there she's two point. Six five home to first, and I show up and she's two nine five. You know that ruins all the rest of her credit, all the, all the rest of the credibility for that girl or her parents. So you got to check out, and you know, or if you you put on there it's pitcher, you know, she throws sixty four, and she clearly doesn't, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I think that stuff's fine. I mean that, you know, you put on there. All right, she's a high school pitcher, and you know this year she threw one hundred and fifty innings and had two hundred and eighty strikeouts. Yeah, it's going to get my attention, and you know I. And if it's in Ohio or Michigan, I'm going to have a pretty good idea at what level high school you know, they're playing. But uh, so you have to take that into account. But yeah, I mean that. Uh, I, I think that stuff's worth. You know, we, we emphasize so much. Well, don't worry about the stats. Don't worry about high school ball. I, I think that gets overemphasized. If I'm recruiting somebody, I'd like to have an idea. I'd like to have. I'd like to know their stats, and even just for high school, because I can. You know, let's say they're playing Division Two in Ohio. Well, I can take that and. You know, I know what that competition level's like, and, and you know, and mentally, you know, get a picture uh, of that. So, or even you know, D three in Ohio has always been pretty good. You know, girl plays for Bloom Carroll or Johnstown or you know, uh, um, Warren or whoever. I mean, I, I have a good picture of what that's like. So, you know, I I am interested in those stats, assuming they're reliable. So, so um, maybe it might not be a bad idea that if you like a really like you as a catcher and you threw out 45, uh, top 45 steals uh, during high school season, and you might say they, that might be something they might want to put right out there out front that you could see uh, yeah. something to grab your attention. Yeah, that's true. I mean, again, a lot of the stats aren't reliable, including stolen right. bases, but I'd still like to see it. And, uh at least put me on alert. Well, this girl stole 55 bases in her high school season. All right, well, I can take a look for myself to see how many I think she might steal for us. But, you know, at least put me on alert, you know, for something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, stolen bases, errors, you know, ER, pitchers, ERAs. I mean, you just know those are going to be wrong most of the time in high school stats. But still, I want to see it. Now, one thing, I want to put, I'm going to put Joe on the spot here real quick, Justin. I'm going to turn him over to you. Go ahead. If you could add anything, Joe, you wanted every game this year you played, what what would you what would it have took for you to win the other games that you didn't win? 
And I don't want to put you on the spot, but you know, I think it's a kind of a cool question. Well, I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to digest the question. If I if I could have had, you mean like as far as a player, or what do you mean? I'm not sure what you mean. Yeah, if you could have had anything you wanted in every game, okay, like we needed to get on base more, we needed to hit better, we needed to hit when we had runners on in 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 scoring position. Uh, we needed to defensively make more plays without errors. If there's anything you could have said that you could have at any game that would have made a difference and you would have chose that one thing for the whole season, what would it have been would you wanted? Well, that's easy. I mean, and this says nothing about our girls, but always better right. pitching. It's always better pitching. And, I mean, we had you know, a freshman who's a stud, and our other two did well, but it doesn't matter. It's always better pitching. I mean, that uh, – at our conference tournament this weekend, it, it it's just glaring. That, that, I mean, if you've got a stud pitcher, you're in it and you're going to win a lot of games, and if you don't, you're in trouble. It, it doesn't matter what the rest of your lineup looks like. So it, it's it, even, the, even though our game's become a lot more of a hitter's game, an offensive game, it's still a pitcher's game. And uh, that, you know, we were in the winner's bracket final with Wayne State, and how was that? We had a girl who threw two shutouts, and they had a girl who threw two, well, not two shutouts, but... And they have the pitcher of the year in, in the league, a girl named Lindsay Butler. So, and you know, those two pitchers pitch their teams to the winners' bracket final, despite all the hitting in the league. So it's always pitching. So is it, they will always most likely be pitching. Okay, well, uh, I'll, I'll turn you over since you answered that brilliant question I threw at you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just a couple other quick ones here. So somebody asked about, uh, you know, for sparse skills video, YouTube or. Or uh, copy discs or CDs. Now YouTube is fine at this point. I mean, we get yeah. almost no CDs anymore. We'll get one every once in a while, but it's pretty much all YouTube or you know or some similar. Well, the key, YouTube's good, but yeah, you because know, like let's say it's on NCSA or one of the other ones, that's usually fine. But if for some reason I can't log on, then I can't get to it, and then I got to find my password, and you know, then it's a pain in the rear end. YouTube, I don't have to log on. I just go to the link, and there it is. So I guess given everything, YouTube's probably the preference. I'm not too familiar with this. I know um, um, somebody asked, what about the Game Changer website? Is that a viable option for college coaches? I assume they're talking about getting access to stats on that? Yeah, um, I think, you know, most of the D1s use it, and they're always trying to sell us, you know, their stuff. And I think our baseball team was going to – um, purchase, but I don't think they did. I mean, it's it's good, but like for me, the problem is I don't have a believe it or our field is kind of down away from the uh, the main buildings at our school, and we have wireless access, but it's not reliable. Um, you know, so if you're trying to follow the live stats on one of our games, it's in and out and delayed. It's really frustrating. Um, yeah, so right now for me, something like Game Changer doesn't help much. But that that can also – well, with our sports information directors, they I don't know what the software is called, but they have a uh, – I think all the D, D2, maybe even D1 schools in the country, they have to keep the official score on whatever that software is called. So it's, so it's a uniform from school to school. But you also have – you'll see a lot of the D1 games on Game Changer – and you know I'm not sure how that contract works and all that, but you rarely, rarely see that on D2. Although the option is available to us, we have to buy it, and then I think you know like parents or whoever can either subscribe or maybe they can just go on there. I forget how it works. I mean, it, 
it's that type of stuff is coming more and more, and you know, along with live video, which we already have for a lot of games. But uh, and you know, I would say within five or ten years, all the D two, D three schools will probably be live video for all their games. Very good. All right. Well, we got some some people thanking you for the uh, for the information and everything, Joe. Appreciate uh, appreciate that. Well, it's nice, nice to talk- be. What's that? Go ahead. Let's uh, go ahead. Nice, to, nice to be able to give advice or just chat and have people appreciate it. Uh, my, my assistant, Erin, she gets tired of hearing me talk, so it's nice to, <laughs> nice that people want to hear what I have to say sometimes. Is there something about people that's in softball? You know, I, I've heard that before, too, uh, people to get tired of listening to me talk. So, I mean, I can probably understand it a little bit more in my case than maybe yours, Joe, but it, maybe it might be a softball thing. Well, no, it's not. It's you and I. You talk a lot, and, and like if I'm just in my office or with the team, I talk a lot. So the problem is both of us talk a lot. So it, it's us, but it's still nice that some people want to hear hear us talk. <laughs> yeah, it's only one it, it, it's, it's it's okay. <laughs> now, of course, you know uh, um, we we got the uh, perfect bracket contest coming up um, again. Uh, this will be the second year we've had it. Still working on putting together the prizes and everything, but basically just kind of give everybody a rundown here how it works is there are 64 teams that start. you got to get the 16 that win out, and then you got to get the 8 out of the 16, and then you got to come up with a champion and a runner-up. So we're still kind of working on the prizes. Um, had a few setbacks last year with the website, so I actually lost a little bit of uh, uh, steam in that. So we're still working on what we're going to end up doing this year. Um, I, I know I'm going to pick a lot different this year than I did last year. Now, I, I was thinking, I know, Joe, you can't. You actually said you can't take place. Well, why can't you just play? And even if you, if you won, you can't get nothing, right? Yeah, as long as there's no money involved, I can do it. I, there just can't be any monetary prize involved. Um, that, that's what, you know, when there's that involved, I can't do it because it's, um, a sport, obviously a sport sponsored by the NCAA and, and, uh, all NCAA coaches are not allowed to quote unquote gamble on any sport that NCAA sponsors. So what could we do this, Joe? So last year, you know, uh, I did, a, I did something. So it's like, well, whoever, if, if, if I win, then nobody wins anything, but if, if whoever, if you beat me and you have the best score, then I, I gave some. It was like twenty five dollars or something. Uh, you know, nominal. And that. Could, could we set it up so that they have to beat beat Joe? You, you know, uh, you don't yeah. get any money, but if, yeah, I don't. Oh, know oh, you know what? That's actually. I tell you what. Yes, I love that idea. We can have Joe, since you know he is a college coach, pick the perfect bracket, right? And then right. everybody has to beat Joe. That's fan- that's a cool idea. I like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can do that. I just yeah, I just can't have any of my own money on the line. So yeah. And if if they if they beat you, then their their kid gets a full ride scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to uh, to somewhere else in my league, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put them in, we'll put them in Finley. They don't have a coach there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make them pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be like, just wait on that phone call. You'll be getting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, 
you know, just a reminder to people, people may not realize it, but that uh, those that brackets will be selected, I believe, next Monday. Uh, you know, Division and Two and Division Three, they they actually uh, their brackets uh, were issued on uh, Monday, and they start playing uh, this week, I think, Friday. So, you know, same thing next week. Uh, you know, I think that bracket comes out on on Monday, and I think they'll start playing either Thursday or Friday next week. So we'll have to. You know, once that bracket comes out, we'll have to turn that around. So, Ricky, you and I will need to uh, probably start talking about that and uh, set up a, a thread in the forum. I think last year, I think we ended up with about 15 people that did it. Yeah, I actually enjoyed doing it. Uh, I mean, it was kind of fun, even though, of course, you know, I picked a sure loser right out of the bag. I couldn't even get out of the the, the regionals double eliminated. So, <laughs> yes, I had no shot to even come close. And uh, but just uh, yeah, I think you're about right. Number wise, I mean, actually, you ended up keeping all the stats once. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times I do that. I get the ball rolling on something, and then I let all the people that got the brains take over. I'm good at doing that. <laughs> I'm really good at doing that. Believe me. I just think, I, I, don't my, think it's I don't think it's a, I that's my boss. He'll tell you that guy has great ideas, but he don't. You wait till he turns him loose and watch what he does. Back away. I think it's all. I think it's all on cover. I think it's you know you're the one that's got the brains. You just you're smart enough to figure out how to get other people to do stuff for you. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll I work think on I love this man. Sort of, yeah, but we'll have so to we'll, turn around. That'll have to be you know the first part of next week, like Monday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I, I don't remember if they start games on Thursday or Friday or when exactly, but it's you know it's going to be a few day window there. Well, see, my whole idea with that was I just thought it would be kind of cool to do a perfect bracket thing because you know they had it for the the basketball, and I just thought why couldn't we do it? Now I think it'd be really cool, especially um, uh, you know doing it where because I know last year I don't think Joe could participate, but if we had Joe. Where everybody got to be Joe, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Though. How are we going to do this? I mean, because it's obvious Joe could get beat very fast. So, well, I got. We, I have one idea. We go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I, let's see. You start off with sixteen regionals, I think. Um, right. So everybody picks the the sixteen winners of those regionals, and just say you get one point for each of them. And then, then after you have those 16 teams, then you get the supers. So then you pick the eight super regionals, and in other words, you kind of start over and pick those eight winners and get one point for each of those. And you know, then you're down to the College World Series. And uh, mm, not sure how you do that. I mean, you might even put up, do a formula, uh, or or just do the whole double elimination bracket. I, I'm not sure exactly, but. In other words, everybody's in it the whole time. So you, there's 16 possible points in the first round, eight possible points, or you could even double the points in the second round for 16 possible points, and then come up with another, you know, say 16 possible points for the College World Series. I'd have to think about that, but at least that way everybody's in it the whole time. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that's I'll, kind of interesting because that that is kind of me. I mean, I didn't lose interest in it because I was involved in it. Just because of the fact we were talking about it on the site and talking about it on the show. So I never lost interest. But, I mean, once I was done after, like, three games were played, right, I mean, you know, as far as I was concerned, it, it didn't. I had no interest in 
how I finish. I like the point system, though. I, I just don't know how do we you know work it out at the end when we're down to eight. Well, the other well, one thing I'm thinking. So you got the first round worth 16 points, the second round worth 16 points. Then in the College World Series, uh, maybe something like um, if you get the first place team right, that's eight points. If you get the second place team, it's four. And if you get third or fourth right, that's two points each, and that's another oh, 16. Okay. So, something like that. I mean, that way mm-hmm. everybody is in it until the end, and when, when the World Series does come around, if you get it right, those eight points would be significant. So... I don't know, something like I think that keeps everybody in it the whole time. Yeah, the only problem is if you have to repick it. Yeah. And you know, yeah, you then everybody's got to yeah. Everybody's got to be available to do that. That's the only problem with a with a pool like that. But that's kind yeah. of the format we did last year with the exception that we, you know, you had to pick everything up front. Um but it was similar in that yeah, you pick the regional winners and then you pick the uh, uh the super regional winners and you know, on from there and then you had to pick I think we had first and second. I think we had a pick when we got down to the, you know, to the World Series there. I think yeah, you had a first and a second. So we'll figure yeah, it I out. Mean, but, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I like I like Joe's idea, but this would actually be the time where you know you'd hear the squeaking doors close with me walking outside and you two figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you know we could do it. You can give people an option, too. It's like, well, you can pick it all the way through, so if you don't get back in, you're going to be stuck with those picks. But if you want oh, to yeah, change it, true. Yeah. You, could, you could come do back that. in. Yeah, yeah, you could always do that, yeah. Well, you know, any, anyway, we do it, you know, we're going to at least do it again this year. So, um, um, you know, that, that's one thing. And like I said, it, it will come out. I think you're right, Jeff. I think we have to have everything done by Monday. Uh, Monday. Well, well, the brackets come out on Monday, so but I think the games start either Thursday or Friday. So we'll have a we'll have a few days. We'll have to have it set up on Monday, but uh, you know people have you know three three four days to get them turned in. Then. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, we'll give it. That's kind of what we did. I think that's what we did last week. I think that was kind of one of the problems with uh, last week last year was because there's such a short gap. By the time they get all the teams released and you actually know who's playing and you only have a very short time between that time and when it, they actually start playing. And I think that mm-hmm. was one of the things that we thought last year. It would have been nice if we had a little bit more time there. So, well, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get it all sorted out or figured out and we'll have it ready for – it'll be probably next Tuesday, right? Yeah, actually, yeah, we should come out with it next uh, Tuesday and then – yeah, then whenever the first game starts, it'll have to be turned in before then. So, uh, you know, I'll coordinate it again. I'll have people send me an email. Um, Fantastic. You know, with, their, with their picks or something on it. So, yeah, we'll put, we'll, we'll get together. A, uh, we'll start drumming up some interest in it so people are watching for it. Okay, that sounds great. Now, I know we had to do the pools yet. Haven't done the pools. And I know Jeff, you was going to do the pools tonight. Yeah, we can. I can walk through that. So, um so uh, Euler Pride, uh, Jeff Steiner, he's updated the uh, head, the uh, the poll results here uh, for kind of week two of the of the travel season for 10U and 12U and uh, in 12U uh, uh, and, and this will be interesting, Ricky, because as you know, you know, week from uh, week from this coming Sunday, you and I will be broadcasting a championship game. Uh, you know, not all these teams um, will be in that tournament, but some of them will be. So. 
Uh, but the number one ranked uh, team in 12U is Lasers White. Uh, they had 133 points, and they had nine of the uh, of the uh, 14 first place votes. Ohio Ice Red was uh, second. I noticed they moved up from like fourth. Uh, Mason Thunder 02 was third. Ohio Storm 02 is fourth. Ohio Classics 02 is fifth. Cincy Slammers 02 is sixth. Um, Cincy Doom is seventh. Wolfpack is eighth. Sundogs Ferris is ninth, and Dirt Dogs is tenth. Uh, some of the other teams that uh, got uh, got votes were uh, Wizards 02, Thunder Elite, Explosive Black Outlaws, Wolfpack 03. Central Ohio Vipers, Stingrays, Outlaws 03, Cincy Slammers 03. So you got a lot of the 03 teams were kind of in the in the in the in the next ten there. So, and again, I was just looking at uh, at the schedule for that uh, the breast cancer tourney, and and uh, not a lot of the top ten are in there, but quite a few of the some of the ones kind of lower in that front first ten, and then a lot of the ones that are in the, kind of the next ten are going to be in that. So. There should be should be some good competition there. Um, well, I can tell you one thing. I mean, you know, next year, May then 1,200 teams might want to think about that, and they might want to go there and play. Well, you know, yeah, that is if we actually go there again next year. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, yeah. that gives us a chance to call a game uh, that they're actually using on the pool. I, you know something, Jeff and Joe? I know you're on the forum quite a bit too, Joe. Um have you guys been noticing how the um, the pool area is just getting slammed with people looking at it? I mean, that's why I think it's funny when we talk about the pools, the 10 and 12s, and then when people say no one's interested in doing 14 and under pools. I, I, that might actually be the point where people ain't interested in doing it, but I'll be honest, I think the pool actually gets very, very well looked at. Uh, a lot of people are really interested, kind of like kind of like opening up your newspaper and seeing how your home team's doing. Right, right. It's, the, uh, uh, I think ahead, those Jeff. areas always get looked at. I mean, the 10, 12, and 14 and under pools, I mean, I'll be honest, it, it doesn't mean much to me, so I almost never look at it. But I, I know the parents look at it all the time. <laughs> and the, you know, the younger the teams are, the more the more they're looked at. So there was a little bit of debate on the on the 10U poll, poll today, and it turned out somebody – there was a team that was ranked, you know, higher than some other teams, and it turned out it was a uh, mistaken identity, the team that was ranked higher. They thought it, the team that they had played was a younger team in the age group, and I guess they're still a good team, but it wasn't the team that they thought it was. So, uh. you know, that, when we, We've talked about the polls before, and we talk online, you know, about them on the forum, but so we we've kind of gone over this but but nonetheless it's uh, it's fun i mean i'm in, i'm fine with the polls i think it's fun to look at and fun to do but i mean i don't think it's worth getting completely worked up over because just like i told it's similar to what i told our team this weekend when we when they announced the all league voting um and they do it right before our first game at the conference tournament which i don't really like but but you know i told our team all right they're about to announce the all league winners and all that keep in mind None of this affects anything that happened on the field. I don't care if you're first team or if you got no votes at all. You've had the season you've had, and nobody's vote changes that. So whatever happened on the field is really all that counts. All, everything else is just a vote by people who, for the most part, did not see you play. <laughs> so, right. so I mean, it's right. kind of me. I mean, it's fun, but it's kind of meaningless. Yeah. 
So just real quickly, the uh, the 10U poll, the uh, uh, there was also 14 people that voted on that. Lasers 04 had 11 first place votes, 137 points. Stingrays 04 was second. Uh, the Jackson Royals were third. Uh, Stars 04 was fourth. Sundogs fifth. Ohio Lightning sixth. Thunder Lead 04 seventh. Ohio Storm 04 eighth. Valley Force ninth. Roadrunners 10th. And some of the other teams getting votes was uh, OFC Heat, Lasers 05, Diamonds 04, Cincy Slammers 04, Lancaster Chaos 04, uh, et cetera. So, so those are uh, some of the top teams there. So, um, yeah, that will get uh, interesting here as time goes on and some of those teams start playing each other more and more. So, um Anyhow, so that's that's the polls. Yeah, there is no somebody asked online about 14 U polls, uh, and I, you know, I think if somebody wants to run it, uh, you know, that, that's going to be fine with us if they want to do that. But uh, that's not one I'm going to volunteer for. But if if anybody wants to do that, I can I can help them in terms of the format. I kind of know how Steiner does it with the tens and the twelves, and you know, I I could help or he could help, uh, kind of, uh, you know, just you know. Uh, give a, a process for how it works and how the votes are counted and things like that. So I, I know Jeff has some, some rules around that and you can't have, you know, really just head coaches vote. And so you can't have like, you know, eight parents from team A calling, you know, sending in a poll and, and loading it up. So uh, anyhow, so that's the, that's the polls. Yeah. I, 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 I always kind of like the pools, but I'm kind of like, um, we used to actually have an actual where you could vote on the teams. Actually, you could go in and pick a team and then vote on them. And it was funny because you could tell uh, what team had the biggest family commitment to making sure they were on top of the list all the time. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah, the pools are fun. Now, you know, the question I had, uh, Jeff, and actually for you too, Joe, uh, you know, I've been working on the form and changing some things and the layout and stuff like that, and I, I've been trying to, like, get rid of some stuff. And actually, Warren Wolf's been helping me uh, trying to catalog everything a little bit better. And uh, have you noticed some of the changes we made it, 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 to you guys? Is it uh, is it easier to find stuff this way? or? Yeah, I, I don't know that it's... Yeah, I mean it's changed. I, I've noticed a few changes, and I'm on there a lot. So, uh, you know, I don't know that it was, you know, a ton different at this point. But I think I think that's what you're doing is cleaning it up. And I think is a, is a good thing. I noticed you've uh, you've been moving some things uh, out of the main, out of the main, you know, uh, forum, the general software forum, into some of the other ones, which is probably a good thing, especially since it does at least show that it was moved. I mean. You know, somebody posts something on there, and I almost always put it in there first too. But if it gets moved, that's fine. But I want to see where, you know, where did it move to? Um, so that's that's a good feature. Right. Well, yeah. If you usually click on something that's been moved, we usually leave a link on it for maybe three or four days or a week or two, um, and uh, you know, on them when we actually move something. One of the problems is is cataloging everything. And to make sure, you know, it's actually where it belongs. I, I, I tell you what, is, and I was talking to Warren about this. I, I was sitting at McDonald's, and I was looking at the sign. I seen the sign flip over. I, I know this is goofy. It's here at Rick's at McDonald's, and 
thinking softball by watching a sign flip over. But here's what happened. I'm like, you know, really, I need the forum to be more like that. Where so when you come on the forum on like on the weekend, you know, the traffic that's on here is you looking for results or information about a tournament. So why not have that stuff closer to the top? You know, mm-hmm. instead of down on the bottom somewhere where it's harder to find it. You know, not, why not have it there? Why not have it there Monday? Because a lot of people like to see, you know, how uh, the weekend went for tournaments and, you know, and, and and what teams did what and stuff like that. So that's what I'm trying to work on, just trying to figure out how I want it to lay out and stuff is kind of the main thing. Like, I, I know everybody likes the rent rate section of the form. But to be honest, I, I just I like all the softball stuff more than the rant and rave. I know a lot of people like to rant and rave and stuff, and I, I'm I'm just kind of like, you know, like I noticed that by doing this, it's making some of the forums a lot more active. They probably should be more active than what they were. So, but Joe, how about you? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I like like Jeff said, I've noticed some of the changes, and it seems a little cleaner to me, which I like. Um, and, you know, even going back, you know, to the whole, you know, when you had to kind of reset everything, you know, I like the fact there's, you know, ASA, you know, forum, PGF, and college. I mean, you know, it's a little easier to go find or, like, if I'm one thing I look for right now is just a list of the upcoming tournaments this summer, and I could find that pretty easily. Um, so I, I like I like all that. I mean, I think it's pretty good. The thing you're talking about now, you know, kind of getting the, the most relevant or you know, stuff up to the top. I think that would be good, except unless it makes it harder. In other words, if I log on at any given time, all right, wait a second, now I don't know where to find the general forum, you know, or the rant and raves or whatever, because it's, it's bounced around because it's not relevant right at this second. I wouldn't like that. You know, I think predictability when we get on there is nice. Or right. we can rely on where something yeah. is. Yeah, that, that, you know, just like I've been, you know, thinking like we have the coaching opportunity and it's setting like where it's teams looking for player subs or free agents, right? I mean, really, me personally, I think the coaching opportunity should be up here in the general section, but it's not really that active of a section in the site that I think it should be. You know what I'm saying? That it should be up there. The stuff that mm-hmm. people's actually using on a regular basis, I think, should be the stuff they see. That's why Rand Rave will always be. You know, it's going to be one, two, or three. There's no way it ever go below because it's actually the second most popular section on the site. <laughs> you would never move it too far away from where it's at. And um, the tournament talk and, and tournament facility, uh, facility review was actually an idea the tournament director gave me. So, um, you know, where people can actually post stuff up and. And, you know, if you don't got tournament directors, ain't up uh, putting the scores out or getting the information out. Uh, you know, maybe they'll go ahead and, you know, people actually attend the tournaments will put the information up there themselves. So just another way to try to get the information out. But, yeah, I, I'm trying to make it more cleaner, and I, I do really appreciate Warren um, stepping up and wanting to help. I mean, I, I told him, I said, ain't you in enough stuff <laughs> that you really need anything else? But, you know, I'm like one of them people. If I have someone that's going to volunteer, sorry for your luck. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, hey, uh, so Joe, I, I guess you're going to be uh, getting ready to start doing the recruiting thing, huh? Yeah, actually, we have a girl coming in for a visit tomorrow, and 
on uh, Friday, I think it is, or is it Saturday? I only remember. There's a, a good high school tournament over in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area. I'm going to go attend. And oh gosh, and then I got to figure out next week whether I'm going to be in Ohio or stay up here in Michigan. But uh, you know, so for now, I'm watching you know high school games up here, maybe district games down there in Ohio. I got to figure out you know where I'm going to be over the next ten days or so. And you know, right at the time, you know, I tell girls, hey, when we get to early May. Let me know where your high school games are, and then most of them forget. You know, I'm trying to scramble, figuring out who's playing where and all that. So, um, but yeah, mainly it's just recruiting at this point from now and you know all the way through the summer. Well, you know, Joe, I always appreciate having you on, and you know, uh, I'll be honest with you. You know, it's like it's nice to have you on board every time we can do the show and you can be available. So, well, thank you. I'm. Happy to do it. I'm like we talked about earlier. I'm always happy to talk about softball. I don't, I don't have much else to talk about. So you know, I might as well talk softball. <laughs> and, and Jeff, I know that you're going to be coaching. Now you know, Jeff is going to be doing a little different recruiting. He's going to be working with little young ones. We'll <laughs> <laughs> try to recruit some nine-year-olds to play in that five-year-old t-ball team. So another easier to coach. <laughs> Well, anyway, you know what? I, I, all our listeners and everyone listens on the podcast. Um, we enjoy you listening, and uh, don't forget if you listen to this show to check out the forum because uh, by next Tuesday we'll have everything ready to start up on the perfect bracket contest. Don't know quite how we're going to put it together yet, but that shouldn't surprise anybody who listens to the the show. That we haven't got that sorted out yet, but anyway. Uh, it's time to pack our bags and get our equipment loaded up and head to car and head home. So until next week, it's the Softball Zone Radio Show, and have a great week. Good night. Bye. Good night. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus